Today is May 13th. It's the 64th episode of the MMA Mike podcast, and we got UFC pay-per-view 262 this fucking weekend. I am so psyched. Although I'm a little bummed out that a couple fights got scratched from this card, it's okay because we're getting two banger main event and co-main event fights in the lightweight division, and I'm going to dive right into it, right into the main event. Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler, and this is so interesting because it's the vacant title. And, you know, we have, we're going to have a new champion that hasn't been Habib or even Connor in a while. It's been since, you know, 2016. You know, Eddie Alvarez had the belt and then Connor beat him and then it went vacant and then Habib won it. Uh, so it, it's just so interesting. You know, the lightweight division's starting to go into its next chapter and there's fights all over the place. You know, you have this fight for the title. You're going to get Poirier versus McGregor in July. The co-main event is relatively important for the lightweight division. And there's a ton of other fights that still have yet to be made and fighters still in the hunt. You know, you got Justin Gaethje at number two, who's kind of the odd man out right here. So there's stuff all over the place and there's a lot of great matchups to come. And I think we might see the title change hands a little bit here and there just because of how the styles match up with each other with the fighters you know i think charles Oliveira is one of for sure the most dangerous fighters in this lightweight division and unfortunately michael chandler is the worst matchup for him you know i think Oliveira could potentially beat everyone um easier than he can beat michael chandler i mean this is a tough tough fight for him and for chandler you know this isn't quite an easy matchup either. I mean, Oliveira is so good all over the place. Oliveira has good striking, good jujitsu. We saw when he fought Tony Ferguson, he can take you down and wrestle you in control on top. So, you know, really what I think is going to happen is whoever can really dictate how the fight goes, and this is a lot of fights, but whoever can really dictate where the fight is, how the fight's going, the pace, you know, if it's on the feet, if it's on the ground, whoever dictates that, I think is going to run away with this fight. And that, like I said, that's a lot of times for the fight. But I think, you know, we're going to either see a Michael Chandler, you know, I, I think both guys are going to come out with pressure. I think both guys are going to charge forward and try and control. And what's going to either happen is, is one guy's going to end up starting to back up or there's going to be an early finish. You know, it could just be an absolute you know, brawl from the bell and, and it just someone goes out. And I could very well see Chandler knocking out Oliver early uh, because of the power Chandler has. Chandler is a muscle head, fast, loose cannon, you know, and he snowballs and he just starts building up and getting better as the fight goes on. And, you know, I was listening to Chael Sonnen, who I admire a lot and, and really, you know, value his opinions. And he, he made a good point. He said, you know, to beat Chandler, you got to break up his rhythm early. You got to get at him early, go after him early, you know, put pressure on him, make him do what he doesn't want to do. And Chandler, he said Chandler wrote him and said, you're exactly right. And what Chael found interesting by this, and I agreed with him, and I thought about it exactly as I was listening to it right before Chael even said anything, the fact that Chandler knows this, 
and accepts that and understands that means he knows how to fix it and he is aware of it and he's prepared for that. So I really think, you know, it's very interesting because Chandler has had an interesting career in Bellator and yet he comes into the UFC, knocks out Dan Hooker in the first round and, you know, got a title fight and very well could win this, you know, um, very intriguing. I don't necessarily know that, you know, he beats everyone in the lightweight division. I think he is a bad matchup for Charles Oliveira. Um, now don't get me wrong. Charles Oliveira could end up, you know, getting the fight to go his way. He could surprise me. I mean, let's get down to it. I I think Chandler is going to win this fight. I do. I think, I think Oliveira is going to come in a little too aggressive because he's a little too confident and he's been able to do what he wants in his past fights. And I think against Chandler, it might get him hurt. Um, I think, you know, it's a hard thing to do to get into a firefight with Michael Chandler. So I'm going to say that Oliveira gets knocked out in the first round because he's a little too overconfident. Now, he may not, you know, he may kind of put pressure, but kind of, you know, go from the outside, keep his range. Now, Chandler is very good at closing the distance, but I think Oliveira, I just, I just for some reason see him, you know, getting caught. Now, could it go into the later rounds? Yeah, of course. I think both guys have great cardio and, uh, you know, Oliveira honestly could surprise me and end up just doing what he wants with Chandler. And I think Chandler is a tough guy to finish. I don't think Chandler gets finished unless he gets subbed and he gets caught. Um, which I, I could see like in the later rounds, uh, it might take Oliveira a little bit of time to get that submission, especially if he's put on his back. Sometimes Oliveira takes damage to get positions and, and, uh, submissions. So that could also work in Chandler's favor a little bit, but I think when the fight does go to the ground and if Chandler's on top, Chandler has good enough wrestling that it'll, you know, null out the the jujitsu and submission attacks from Charles Oliveira. Now, I could very well be overlooking Oliveira here. I, I really respect his last performance against Tony Ferguson. No one does that to Tony. So you got to realize like Oliveira is the real deal. And I think both guys are the real deal. And the interesting thing, and I kind of mentioned this another time, was that these guys, you know, this is just one matchup. The way they match up against other guys is completely different. Like, Habib was different. Habib beat everyone. Habib matched up well against everyone. These guys match up interesting against each other. But then once you throw McGregor into the mix or Poirier into the mix or Gaethje into the mix, I think you're going to get like a round robin of guys beating each other, which is awesome because I think the lightweight title is going to be passed around. Who can beat who? I could see a guy beating one guy but losing to the other guy and then the other guy beats that guy, you know, like a three-way beating. It's like... So intriguing, and uh, I've said this before. I don't think this title fight contains the best fighter in the lightweight division. I think that is owed to Dustin Poirier or Conor McGregor, and personally, I believe that the winner of that should fight the winner of this. Uh, Unfortunate to Justin Gaethje, but it's just how the coin is falling. I think we're going to get a great main event here, and uh, my official pick is Michael Chandler. I'm eight and seven on main event picks and I'm four and four in title picks. So I'm looking, I'm looking to get Chandler here, uh, to get the win, but don't get me wrong. I definitely think Charles Oliveira could prove me wrong. And I think it should be a competitive fight. I just, 
there's some momentum under Chandler. You know, it's in the U.S. It's in Houston. There's going to be a lot of patriotic Americans there chanting USA. I think Chandler is going to get a lot of a lot of momentum behind him. And you know, I know Oliveira is from I believe Houston, or he lives in Texas. So you know, there's going to be a Oliveira following as well. But for some reason, I have a feeling the confidence of Oliveira is going to be his downfall. Uh, he's predicting a first round knockout. I know Chandler's going to come forward and try and break Oliveira. Like he's been saying in his post-fight interviews. So it's going to be a fun one. And uh, before that, we're going to get another fun one in the lightweight division with Tony Ferguson and Benil Daryush. Now, Tony Ferguson's on a two-fight skid. And uh, don't get me wrong. Tony is just as dangerous as he ever has ever been. And you know what? He said after his last fight, I got too one-dimensional. You know, he And I, I rewatched the fight last night between him and Charles Oliveira. And in the third round, he was right. He wasn't moving like he used to. He wasn't throwing the strikes like he used to. Now, granted, he got taken down in the first two rounds, you know, and got caught in that arm bar and got beat up a little bit. But I'll tell you what. And I relate this to when I wrestled my senior year. When Tony, you go watch that fight with Charles Oliveira. When Tony, when the end of the round came, Tony got up and Tony was on his back. Tony got up before Charles Oliveira. Tony popped right up. And that was a big thing in wrestling. You pop right up. You got to mentally break your, your opponent. Tony Ferguson is one of the most mentally tough people on this planet. Tony is not going to stop fighting. You got to kill that guy to beat him. Uh, and, you know, honestly, it, that's the way it seems like, right? You got to dominate and beat the shit out of Tony Ferguson to beat him because he's coming after you and he ain't going to stop. He's going to keep throwing his shit and he's dangerous all over the place. Uh, so it's tough to beat Tony, you know? This is a three-round fight against Benil Daryush. Now, Daryush is a very good fighter. He's very well-rounded, you know? He's got good ground game. He can wrestle. He's got good submissions. His striking is good, but he, he tends to get hit a little bit. And with Tony Ferguson, you know this is going to be one thing. Both these guys are going to absolutely just bash each other. Three-round fight. Daryush seems to get a little tired, although he can fight through it. But I think Tony is going to put the pressure on. I think both guys are going to march forward. I'm going to give the fight to Tony Ferguson. Not only am I a huge Tony guy, I really enjoy Tony and I like him a lot. I, I, but I also like Daryush. I just think that Tony is better than Daryush and I think he should win here. You know, you can't overlook his two losses. He, he lost to Justin Gaethje, number two ranked lightweight in the world, one of the best fighters in the lightweight division, one of the best pound for pound fighters. And he also lost to Charles Oliveira, who's fighting for the belt right now. Tony lost to two top guys. Now he's fighting a guy lower ranked than Daryush. I think he should be able to beat Daryush. I don't think Tony Ferguson's washed up at all. I don't. People think it. I really don't. I think he's he's still good. I think physically he's still good. I think he may have just got off track a little bit. And I think he got back on track. He went to train with Freddie Roach, you know. Ferguson was a fighter who who used to have a little bit of Western boxing skill and he got away from it because he started throwing a lot of leg kicks. So I think he's going to bring that in a little bit. He, you know, he was training with Freddie Roach. I think he's going to start moving his head. And that was something he stopped in the last couple fights because, yeah, maybe it worked a little bit against certain opponents. Didn't work against Oliveira or Gaethje, but he went back with Freddie Roach. 
uh, well, didn't win back, but, you know, he started training with Freddie Roach, and I think he's going to go back to moving his head a little bit more and, and get a little crisper boxing. I think Tony Ferguson has good enough ground game to keep this fight on the feet. I don't think Daryush is going to be able to press him up against the fence, take him down and control him, and I think that's probably the best way for Daryush to win this fight. Uh, I think Tony is going to put the pressure on and be able to get right back up if he does get taken down or push up against the fence. I think, you know, he's going to throw a lot of spitting attacks. I think we're going to see a diverse Tony Ferguson. He said he got one, two one-dimensional. I think we're going to see a lot of versatile attacks from him. I think we're going to see crisp, crisp boxing, if I'm being honest. And uh, Daryush gets hit a little bit. So I'm going to go bold, and I'm going to say Tony Ferguson gets him out of the fight. He's going to get a you know knockout win, TKO, at the end of the second round, beginning of the third. Uh, not a knock on Daryush. I know I didn't talk about Daryush too, too much. I really like Daryush. I think he's a great fighter. He's an entertaining fighter. He's great for this lightweight division. But uh, I got to roll with Tony Ferguson here. And, uh, you know, I'll get into in the recap what I think should be next for both of these fighters. But you got a lot of potential of what these guys can do after this fight. In the bantamweight division, we're going to get Matt Schnell versus Rogero Bontorn. Both fighters uh, fighting, you know, I mentioned in the bantamweight division. Schnell has a three-inch height advantage and a three-inch reach advantage. Both fighters fighting in the orthodox stance. You know, this is going to be a good fight. Um, Schnell is the favorite. And I, oh my god, I got a little pop-up. My bad. Some My computer made some noise uh, and it scared the shit out of me. Anyway, uh, I'm going to roll with the American here and Matt Schnell. Uh, I think he gets it done. He is the favorite for a reason and uh, I'm going to go his way. In the women's flyweight division, we have Catlin Chuchakian versus Vivian Arujo. Both, this is going to be a good fight in the flyweight division. Uh, I am on the side of Chuchakian. I think her reach... And her striking is good enough to outstrike Arujo. You know, Arujo might have a specific game plan uh, to attack Caitlin and, you know, her areas where she isn't super strong. I mean, we saw Chukakian take a body shot from Jessica Andrade. Now, Andrade has crazy power, but maybe, she, you know, Arujo is going to attack that body, maybe try and press her up against the fence, maybe take her down. Chukakian is very well rounded. And I think that her reach advantage, uh, even though it doesn't say much as far as reach uh, on the statistical paper, she's gonna, you know, she's she's taller. She has a five-inch height advantage. Uh, they both have a reach of 68 inches, but Chukakian's gonna look longer. And uh, I think that'll play into her advantage and she'll be able to keep the outside and win the striking battle. And I'm gonna go with Chukakian. And then for the first fight, on the main card in the featherweight division, we're going to get an absolute banger again. I mean, the fights on this pay-per-view are, are fantastic. It's so unfortunate that Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards got scratched off of this as well, but it is what it is. Um, we're going to get Shane Burgos versus Edson Barbosa, and oh my God, this is a banger because we know Edson has beautiful striking and he's tough and he's well-rounded. And he really believes in this featherweight division. He can make a run for the title. And I would like to see him be able to get it. And a win over Shane Burgos certainly would propel him up to get a, a top contender's fight. Shane Burgos is an absolute stud and he can bang. He's only got two losses. 
two losses coming from one being Emmett, uh, Emmett, Josh Emmett, who has absolute power. Burgos got caught. It is what it is. And the other guy is Calvin Cater, who has obviously proven his worth in the featherweight division as well. So Shane Burgos is legit. Uh, and, you know, height and reach, they match up exactly the same. They're going to look very similar in there as far as body size. Um, skill, though, I, you know, when I have to pick, I think I, I this fight probably doesn't go the distance. I think one of these guys gets the other guy out. Uh, probably by TKO, I think one guy will get clipped and then just the the guy has to pour it on and, and finish. I'm going to go with Barbosa. I just think that he has such experience. He's been in wars, and I think he's going to be able to get it done. And I really think he wants to make a title run, and I'd like to see it. So I'm on the side of Barbosa here. He is the underdog. I think there's some good value on him. Um, if you're a betting guy and you want to lay a little you know, cash, Maybe do a parlay. My parlay would be Oliveira, Ferguson, and Barboza. You know, you got low odds, some of them being underdog odds. If both all three hit, you're probably making a good good profit on that. But, you know, I don't know if you want to take betting advice from me. Uh, MMA betting is one of the hardest things to do. So a couple uh, quick picks on the prelims. Jakar Souza is coming against Andre Muniz. This should be a good fight. It is the premiered prelim uh and jakar seems super 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 motivated for this fight he says he wants to kill andre muniz not in a serious way but he's hungry basically and he wants to get this win jordan wright is facing jamie pickett this should be a good fight wright is looking to make his way in uh the middle middleweight division I think he is going to try and get back on track after losing to, oh, I'm forgetting the guy's name now. Let me take a look. Um, the guy who won knockout of the year, Hakeem Buckley. Um, after losing that fight, I think he's going to try and get back on track. And I think he should be able to pick up the win here. He is very talented. And the sister of Valentina Shevchenko on Tanina Shevchenko is taking on Andrea Lee. This is a tough fight. Uh, for both fighters, but I think uh, Antonia wants, or Antonina, Jesus, I, I don't know why I mispronounced that. I know her name well. Uh, Antonina wants to make an impact in the flyweight division. She wants to become a champion like her sister. She only has two losses. I think she can do it. She certainly has a great training partner in her sister and uh, has good height and reach for the division. I think that she should get this win here. I think she will get the win here. Uh, it isn't an easy fight, but I think she'll win. And I think she's going to climb this flyweight division and make it uh, an impact for sure. So those are the prelims that I wanted to touch on. This whole card should be fantastic. I'm super stoked. This main event is so interesting. And I'm just so intrigued by the lightweight division. I always have been. It is what brought me to the UFC. And uh, just to watch this division develop. And I, you know, all the ranked fighters from 1 through 15, I know well, I've watched live. It's just so intriguing. And it's, you know, I it's probably a lot of people's favorite divisions, but it's just so interesting to me that we're going to get one of these eras of just title changes and, and all these new matchups. And it's an end of a chapter with Habib retiring and now an opening of a new one with this new champ versus whoever they face in the future and 
the rest of the contenders. So that was episode 64. It's May 13th. You know, we don't have much time left. You know, the the pay-per-view is May 15th in Houston, Texas at the Toyota Center. Thank you guys for tuning in. I can't wait. I bet you guys can't wait either. I'll catch you guys soon.